0: It's
1: It's... Ray Allen. Hey everyone, welcome back. So today I'm joined with, wait a second, who are you again?
0: Hi everyone, I'm Ray Allen or Dr. Ray, and my pronouns are he, him, his.
1: Impressive. So, what is your background or field of study?
0: Yeah, so I did my undergraduate work at Ripping College in Wisconsin in the areas of chemistry biology, and then I did my PhD at Duke University in biology, where I also did a minor in science and society. Currently, I'm a postdoc at University of Wisconsin-Madison Center for Limnology, where I do work on freshwater fish spawning, development, and disease.
1: Ooh, sexy. Fish spawning.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. That's so, where the developmental biology comes in.
1: <laughs> Do you ever have to like put on like uh, some you know some smooth R&B?
0: Oh my god. It's uh, what they call milking the fish usually in the, in the Northwoods. So working more closely in the area of musky work and walleyes. Uh, so they're oh. broadcast spawners. And so they actually just milk the sperm and eggs out of them during uh, spawning season in the spring. I have personally not had to do it yet, but I had people <laughs> assist me with it.
1: All I know about walleye is that I caught one once.
0: Oh, that's pretty good. They're they're kinda of hard to catch.
1: Yeah, I think I think in reality uh, my grandpa probably did all the work.
0: <laughs> we'll say you did it, Madison.
1: <laughs> sure. Um, okay, so what kind of work have you done in your field?
0: Yeah, so uh for my undergraduate work I kinda dipped into the area of developmental biology with zebrafish work, but then also C. elegans work. So kind of basic biology for zebrafish. It was looking at their, uh, development and how we could raise them in different settings, but then also some tissue related things as well for C. elegans stuff. That was early development where I did some work looking at, um, axis formation. So anterior, posterior, left, right, uh, axis formation. And then for my PhD work, uh, for those who remember or who have been listening to the Poke Science podcast for a long time, I actually was one of the guests, um, I think in 2021, for the Urchin for a Win
1: podcast episode. So, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that episode.
0: <laughs> so I'm all urchins, baby. Uh, so I did my PhD work on sea urchin development. And so I looked at wound repair, but then also just... Um, early, uh, immune system development as well. So I succeeded everybody. I actually got my PhD and defended my thesis. Never again. I'll never do that again. I, I, uh, watch me two years from now get a different PhD. (laughs) I'd cry. I'd cry. Somebody stop me.
1: I, I keep joking about that too, that, you know, working on a a master's and other masters, you know, keep going back to grad school, third time's a charm. Um,
0: they make it so tempting.
1: Yeah. Like, Do you uh, want another I... degree? Okay. So what kind of work have you done with podcasting? I mean, I think we answered this, but
0: yeah. Uh, so obviously I did the pokey science interview and then I had actually a few other interviews. So, um, for the LGBTQ STEM cast, I did an interview around the same year as the pokey science one. And then another one here or there kind of stemming off of my interest in science but then also my background in um, being a queer indigenous person so but I've never participated in creating producing or coming up with ideas for one so this this area is a little bit more new to me but I have lots of ideas all the time the perks of being a scientist
1: yeah I'm actually really excited with all of the all the new casts. I mean there's a lot of really amazing ideas floating around. And I'm really excited to see where this goes. Uh, okay, so I'm going to ask, so what other experiences do you have that will help you as part of the team?
0: Yeah, so I mentioned that I did a minor in science in society. So that for those who don't know, that can be categorized. There, it's categorized differently depending on where you are or what kind of work you do. So you can also call that science and technology studies or sts studies so that's looking at the intersections of science and culture and how they influence one another so it's just been a general interest of mine since probably since high school but i really went for getting it a part of my degree in graduate school and so something i always think about is how do things that happen in real life impact things that we see in pop culture Um, and the easiest example that i always come back to is pokemon where you see something happen in the real world like for say uh corals dying because of climate change or other things and being bleached and then you see that reflected in the video game world where now we have corsola or cursola being an exact reflection on that but then that also has a feedback into um, the actual current pop culture and how people think about those topics as well. So that's where I see a big strong suit in. Um, I do it right now in the type of work that I do. So I think that's an interesting component. I also am a member of the Black to Band of Lake Superior I Indians. And so I currently sit as one of their elected officials on their tribal council. So I also also have a background in science policy and then also I do some sci art on the side, so I'm a beadwork artist, and so I'm always looking at how science art is evolving and changing and impacting the world around us.
1: It's definitely interesting having a few uh, few artists in the group now. It's definitely interesting. You guys are all so much more creative than I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, you need to find a hobby when you're in
0: academia, is what it turns out, is uh, otherwise you will not be able to cope with some things or you need something to take your mind off of the subjects.
1: Oh no, that's true. I got you. Yeah. yeah, that was music for me. Um,
0: mm-hmm. See? You're an artist.
1: I guess. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so most important question. Who's your favorite Pokémon?
0: Ah, uh, depends on the day. <laughs> and right now, because of my PhD work, I'd have to say Pincurchin at the moment. I, I say that so reluctantly, uh, so, I show so much passion, passion for that. So it's pink, Pincurchin or other like little small cutesy Pokemon, like Togepi was my favorite for a long time. I love oh. the fact that uh, Togepi's a little egg. So any teeny tiny kawaii Pokemon is what I love.
1: <laughs> okay, so what do you want to talk about most on the show?
0: I think uh, how science interacts with culture, honestly, um, and how that plays through in the Pokemon games. I think, to me, that sounds like the most fun. And then also just talking about very obscure uh, invertebrates Uh, again, being biased from my PhD work. So I always get so uh, giddy with excitement when the new games come out and there's like, Oh, that's like some obscure, like marine organism or freshwater organism. I wonder what it represents in the real life or like what it can do. How accurate is it?
1: If you could create a new Pokemon, what would it be and why?
0: See, when I was interviewed, I, I answered that question. So has it changed?
1: I don't know. What did you say then? I don't remember.
0: <laughs> I wanted a pre-evolution to Pincurchin, <laughs> okay. so it had a larval form. But I feel like I've had other ideas too.
1: All I, I remember, remember is the day we hung out with you was talking about the rocket ships.
0: Oh yes, yes, the little rocket ship uh, pre-evolution uh, larva.
1: Starfish. <laughs> okay, so what was your first experience playing Pokemon?
0: Oh, it's when I was a little bitty kid, probably. Oh, I don't even know. When did like Pokemon Blue come out?
1: I think that was my uh, first game. 97,
0: So I must have been like five or something. And yeah, that was my first experience. It was on the little uh, Game Boy. I had to remember sitting underneath the lamp in order to see what was going on because they didn't have yeah. a backlight installed. So that was fun. Uh,
1: and Or you had to get that like weird attachment, the light attachment.
0: Oh my God. I had that little light attachment for yeah. the, for the, the Game little, Boy like, Advance. The I little
1: think. like street lamp attachment you get, you, you get for your Game Boy Color.
0: They're aging us right now. They're like, what are we <laughs> talking about? Um, yeah, I think that was my, that must've been my first experience. Um, at least with the games, probably when the movie came out was, I love the first Pokemon movie with Mew and Mewtwo. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I actually had found my Game Boy or my, uh, my Game Boy and my, uh, pokemon blue and i i don't think i beat it but i had a pretty high level Venusaur. i think okay. i did pretty well for being a little kid
1: so what pokemon game is your favorite and why
0: hmm. i might have to say the classic games like pokemon red and blue just because
1: you like I all didn't... the glitches
0: <laughs> well now as an adult that's what i'm so fascinated by is watching uh youtube videos of people like finding glitches or doing playthroughs or doing speedruns on them. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And the fact that it's such a small area relative to the newer games that you can learn everything about and people are still learning things about it. I still have nostalgia for them. And I kinda don't want to play them because I don't want to ruin that nostalgia I have for thinking about them. But I also like dyna I like the sound and dynamaxing. So that's like I like the the giant Pokemon. So it's like a close second for me.
1: So, what part of the Pokemon fandom are you most interested in?
0: I think definitely the games. I think uh I'd be interested in reading the manga or watching the anime, but I'm just don't have the time for that anymore.
1: Oh, Video I totally games. I totally just relaxing. gave Lila all of the uh, Pokemon adventures up through platinum it's uh it's if I had them all and I just gave them to her. now.
0: It sounds like it can be pretty hilarious, and you learn like interesting facts about Pokemon. Like I think there was like a scene it's where super violent. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that I think there's a scene that I I saw a clip of or like a little section of where Mewtwo shoves a spoon through Deoxys or something because yeah, they're yeah. fighting. I'm like, oh my god. This is pretty it's pretty cool. So so those are close I'd definitely want to learn more about those.
1: It's a cool series. It's a really cool series. How do you sell ice cream in the Arctic?
0: Hmm. <laughs> um You sell it as it being sustainable (laughs) as opposed to importing. So you save money and support the local sellers as opposed to outsourcing to Amazon.
1: (laughs) Are there a lot of hipsters in the Arctic?
0: Probably, honestly. It takes a lot of of money to go to the the Arctic, so that'd be my guess.
1: Hipsters in the Arctic, you heard it here. What would you pack in your suitcase when you're going on vacation? hmm what's coming some, with you
0: some it's always some sort of nintendo console so like it used to be my 3ds now it's the switch and 95 percent of the time i never play it uh one book that i will probably never read a bunch of clothes toiletries and it's a <laughs> book yeah i never read i always tell myself i'm gonna bring all these books with me i'm gonna read all of them <laughs> It was only when I was in France for a month and a half that I finally read one of the books that I brought with me. So that's what I needed. I need like at least a month in order to read or do any of those things I bring with me.
1: Yeah, you got too much to do.
0: It's true. Oh, nowadays, though, it would be be bringing my beadwork with me so I can actually do art. But again, I would never, I never have time to do that.
1: Okay. If you can design the perfect sandwich, panini, or melt, what does it look like?
0: It is a 12-inch Italian turkey breast with American cheese with lettuce, tomatoes, extra pickles, olives, and green peppers from Subway. <laughs> that's my order, everybody. If you see me, <laughs> that's how you can treat me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, some, I don't want it toasted. I feel you don't
1: like want that. it toasted?
0: No, I like the crunch of the fresh veggies, and I feel like the melted... Uh, or the now flattened, slightly damp bread from being toasted is taken away from the sandwich. That's the sandwich I would feel like the, or uh, feed to those. What are the, what are the new Pokemon in
1: Scarlet and Violet called? The, uh, the I mean, we just did an episode on it and I still don't remember their names. R- Marideon?
0: Oh, uh, yes. Yes, I'd, that's what I would feed to my Marideon.
1: I think that's the right name. I just know that they're knolls.
0: Yes. Yep, yep, And they're cute they're pretty cute <laughs> they're cute their eyes one of them has like shady eyes or like it'll look you up and down I'm like wow that's judging one, right? me yeah. I think yeah. so that's the yeah. one i got so I, yeah, got Scarlet. I like it
1: i like it he's my buddy <laughs> um so i think that's it i am really excited to ha- uh have you on uh
0: i'm excited to be here
1: yeah i'm really happy to have you part of this group i think it's going to be fun and i can't wait to show everyone where things go so yeah. thanks for coming by
0: Thank you for inviting me and thank you all for listening.